Listeners are advised, this podcast contains spoilers. Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcasts. week's edition of Drag Race Debates, a kinky with a kick. I'm your debate master for this week's battle, Mimi Kaka. And before I start, we want to say a huge thank you to Amali Golden for letting us use her fabulous song, Knock You Out. Be sure to check out her music on iTunes, Spotify, and where all good music is sold. And whilst I'd love to introduce our two strong, intelligent, hilarious fighters for this week, none were available, so we had to use these two instead. In the glitter corner, don't get water on her or she'll melt. It's your land of Nina, people. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Let's do this. All right. Versus the representative from the leather corner, he's what happens when Gollum stops eating for a week. It's rose-coloured glasses. I tell you what, I am so full right now. I am ready, though, to eat some Fruit Loops. Bring it on, Yolanda. Fruit Loops it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, to quickly race through the rules, our fierce fighters will go boob to boob the five fights. Each fight will contain three pages. Go make your statement, girl, will contain their pre-written statements. Check your rebuttal should be self-explanatory, which leads us to, oh no, debater don't, where our master debaters will come at each other. Wigs off, fake nails cemented down to defend their stance, all while debunking and devaluing their opposition's point of view. At the end of each round, players will be judged based on how much crap they pulled out in terms of comedy, rebuttal, argument, and passion. So without wasting any more time, let the verbal viciousness begin. Are you ready, fighters? Ready. Yeah, let's bring it on. I'm going to drag this bitch through the Thunderdome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our round one category is which season one queen would win in a boxing match? Yolanda, punch out your opening statements, please. Okay, for me, the winner of a boxing match from all the queens in season one has got to be Nina Flowers. And it's for a couple of reasons. You've got the build for it. Short, stocky, and has a nice low centre of gravity. I think that when she was punching the bag on the ground, she was pretty good at talking smack, which I think most good boxers know how to do. And finally, she had the best, I think, fighter to work with for the makeover. So she'd be able to pick up a lot of pointers there. All right, after that smack talk, Rose, are you ready to make your opening statement? Bloody oath I am. I don't know about you, but there's only one queen that I wouldn't want to face in the boxing ring. The only queen who could disappear as quickly as she comes. And I mean that one queen who could flip up on the ropes and pew, 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 whatever punches sound like. She already floats through the competition like a butterfly and her sass stings like a bee. I can only mean one queen. She's the five foot nothing pocket rocket. It's Angina. Very nice puke views there, Rose. Are you ready to shake your rebuttal, Yolanda? I'm ready. I don't get me wrong. I think Angina is going to be quick, but I just don't think she's got the strength or even the heart to get into a boxing ring. She's way too nice. After that heartfelt announcement, are you ready, Rose Carla? Shake your rebuttal. Considering how poorly Nina walked down the runway and slipped, I don't know how she's going to be going in a boxing ring. All right, fighters, get ready to rumble in five, four, three... Okay, there is no way Nina is going to be able to outrun, outwit, and outlast Angina. Angina will be able to crawl through her legs, and Nina will be flat on her face. We've already seen how clumsy she is. But that's 
yeah, clumsy maybe, but I don't think Andrina's necessarily more sure-footed, especially considering they wouldn't be wearing heels in a boxing ring. And also, I think one punch to Angina well, you from... Well, do, you don't know that? No, we don't know that, but it seems unlikely because it's probably a little dangerous for the ankles. But one punch from Nina on Angina and she would be out She wouldn't like even life. be able to land the punch. Angina would be this way, that way, all over the place. She'd be the fucking, what's that? There's a dot over here and a dot over there. There's a fucking Angina over here. There's an Angina over there. There's a, lots of little <laughs> Anginas in the air everywhere. And Nina cannot fucking keep up. She will tire herself out. And that gorgeous ass of hers will be flat on the ground. Tired as anything, she cannot keep up with Angina. Yeah, okay, Stocky is beautiful and sexy. I totally agree with that, but no, she cannot outrun Angina in a boxing ring. There's nowhere to go in a boxing ring. There's no there's no outrunning. It's boxing. The whole point of it is to hit the other person. So Angina just slitting about the ring for God knows how long is going to wear her out just as quickly. So you've only got to wait her out that's, and that's, land that one um, punch and she's It will take gone. twice as long, but running round and round and round in circles is rather indicative of Nina's fashion sense, don't you think? Considering we keep seeing the same thing over and over and over and over again. It's almost like we're running around a boxing ring. Fancy that. And you wouldn't and think Angina is it. not the same all the time, all the time. One little headpiece, no, little busty hair with a, a shirt a underneath. Headpiece. She's got a square headpiece. She's got a little plain headpiece. She's got a, a frilly headpiece. She's got lots of different headpieces. They're not all the same. Not a fucking pantsuit with a cummerbund corset. Everything's got a cummerbund corset. Pattern. Everything. Round and round in circles. It's the same thing and it would be the same thing in a boxing match. Yep. Sure, she She's got the body for it, but does she have the stamina? I think so. I think so. Does she so. have the balance? She can't even walk on plexiglass. How the hell could she be a boxer or a stripper? Like I said, she's got me at a coach as well. Pick up some pointers about balance, about boxing, ready to go. And anyway, it's not just her fighting Angina. I think she would beat any of the others. Angina. As well. <laughs> Angina. <laughs> I, I, I've forgotten what you said there. I, I got so caught up in Angina that, that um, <laughs> I've forgotten what you said. Sorry. Which means I have to... No, that's all right. Angina is distracting. I don't exactly. Imagine. Exactly. Angina is distracting. You said it yourself. So how the hell would Nina be able to land any punches when she's got the sprightly little butterfly flipping around all over yeah, the place? I just don't... I don't see it. I don't see Angina as being able to keep that up for long. She was one of the weakest in the challenge when they she dropped out, like, first, I think it was, or second. Here is what happens. So clearly her stamina... Here is what happens. Nina throws a punch. It's not she good. swings the punch. Angina ducks down, like, two centimetres, not even. The punch misses. Nina falls flat on her face, and we all gore and drool over that ass. Angina wins the boxing match. Ding, ding. Fight over. Thank you, Judge. <laughs> You don't see it. Well, that's your imagination. That's your fault that you can't picture it. That's not... I don't, it's not I don't... Angina's fault for being fierce. Oh, no, I can picture it. It just doesn't. It's just you think that you've just given Angina a lot more credit than I think that she deserves in this situation. I think she'd distract herself more than she would anyone I else. I think Nina knows. would distract everyone with that outfit. And if you've ever seen, you've only got to touch a butterfly once and that thing can't fly anymore. Damn, I have nothing to say to that. Yeah, All right. go on, you. <laughs> Being that it's a boxing match that we're talking about and not a quick-footed tap dance, I most certainly have to agree with Yolanda. Nina can pack a punch. I think you're most definitely right. Maybe if it was MMA, Angina might do a lot better. But it ain't. We're specifically referencing boxing. So for that, I award Yolanda with three points and Rose with two for the first round. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> so before we move on to the second round, we're going to take a quick break and a cold shower. <laughs> Gonna knock you out. 
G'day listeners, Rose Carla Glasses here. While our master debaters attending to their wounds, I thought now would be a great time to spill my guts. Well, not my guts, the fully fabulous Kristen Johnston's, whose hilarious yet harrowing memoir Guts details her rollercoaster ride through all the excesses of Hollywood and the toll it can take on even the fiercest of bitches. Keijo has shed all pretense by opening up her heart and soul in this gripping tale which will leave readers reaffirmed of their own inner strength and ability to kick some ass in this world. You may know her as Sally Solomon or Joan Collins' bed Rocky and Daughter, but once you've dived into Kristen's guts, you'll come to know that she's nothing short of a warrior. Available now where all good books are sold, and the best part is, it might be 2009 today, but the book doesn't come out until 2013, so you're getting a book from the future. Grab your copy of Guts today. Welcome back to Drag Race Debates, a kiki with a kick. The competition is well underway with Yolanda ahead on three points and Rose one point behind on two. But it's early days yet, so let's get on with round two. Category is, which season one queen is wrongly named? Rose Carla, you can go first this time. I love a queen who is rough around the edges. Someone whose name you hear and you immediately think, ooh girl, it's own. But sadly, when I hear the name Nina Flowers, I only expect a garden hose to be turned on. So I suggest we keep the Nina but prune the flowers while replacing it with something more befitting a fierce queen of her look and personality. Yes, ladies, I introduce to you Nina Furiosa. Thank you very much for your opening statement, Rose. Yolanda, you're up. The queen who I will say is, I'll use the term wrongly named, I'm going to say is Angina. And it's purely because of all the different ways that you continually go to say her name. Obviously, she likes that part of it is from vagina. And the first thing that comes to mind when you say Angina is to say vagina or to say angina. And so Angina, it's just messy. It's always messy to say. And it's, it's just messy. And I think... Although her previous drag name wasn't necessarily better, I think it could be. Her previous net drag name was Peck Peck Galore, and I think it could have just been Peck Peck Glorious. Thank you very much, Alanda. I very much appreciate the brief history lesson. <laughs> sounds so sarcastic. Rose, would you like to take your rebuttal? <laughs> yes, I would. Okay, well, we all know Ong is her middle name, right? But Ong is her name, Vagina is her game. Plus, vaginas are messy anyway. What are you talking about? Maybe speak for your <laughs> I am! What? <laughs> <laughs> Yolanda, would you like to shake your rebuttal? Yes, yes, I would. I think Nina Flowers is a perfectly fine name. She's always bright and colourful, just like a flower. So why change it? It suits who she is and her personality. Very nice. Guys, this one's, like, pretty close. I really need to see you guys fight for this one. Because right now, I don't know who's got more points. Oh, no debater don't. Okay, Nina Flowers here, but that invokes images that are too nice. Whereas Nina is fierce, so why not Furiosa? I'm not saying that Furiosa is a worse name, but you've just said that Flowers can't be fierce, but with a name like Rose, I think you should know better. Oh, that's a personal attack right there. That's not nice. But you also walked right into that one. I did. 
I landed in the pickle. Shit. Yes, but you look at Nina and look at her first runway in that first episode where she come out looking like she was in Mad Max. Don't you think the name Furiosa sounds like the type of name that might be from a Mad Max movie one day? Yeah, but then that means that you've sort of got to look like that all the time because you've got that in your name, so you've always got to have that furious fierceness in it. Are you saying that Nina doesn't always look fierce? No, she always looks fierce, just not furious. Are you saying that Charlize Theron looks furious? In that movie? In Mad Max? Absolutely. We haven't seen it yet. <laughs> also in that one where she she was playing the serial killer. Monster. That's the one. She was frumpy in that. <laughs> Doesn't mean she wasn't furious. Just, she's frumpy, just like a vagina, and that's why Angina suits her. <laughs> There's a lot of vagina bashing happening now. <laughs> like the gay men are really going to hate that one. <laughs> well, then again, they probably don't love a lot of vagina talk as well. No, so we should probably keep it up. <laughs> 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 All right, guys, we're way off track now. Let's just be gentle with the vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> it's just snuck up on me, that's all. <laughs> what kind of hole did we dig ourselves into? <laughs> it's gone. I don't even know where to go from there, to be honest. I feel like that's... That's where it went, and that's where it stays. And I think you're being awfully disrespectful to her middle name there. That is her name. That was her given name. Her mother gave her that name. I'm not being disrespectful today, because at the end of the day, the way she pronounces it, and I know it's a part of the word when you look at it, but when you pronounce Ongina, it comes out more Ongina than Ongina most of the time. It's just the way that it's pronounced. So the Gina part kind of steals the G from the Ong part. It just, I just think it's messy. It doesn't, it doesn't flow. I don't, I don't think it sounds wrong, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll see myself out for that one. I think it's a cute name. It's a, it's, it's a very befitting of her. It's a very fishy name. You, you look at it and it invokes images of that which shall not be named any longer in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I just think that, uh, also, Nina... I think, hang on, I've lost where I was going with that. Well, good. Because I can butt in. Nina <laughs> Flowers clashes. You see, you think of something soft there. You think of something delicate. You th- you think of petals. You think of, of fragility. You think of me. You don't think of someone hard-ass like Nina Flowers. That's why Furiosa is is just that, that cool, apocalyptic type of name that you could just imagine that type riding in some sort of steamed up car. Yeah. I don't, when I hear Nina Flowers, I don't necessarily, you're right, think something that's got a bit of an edge. But at the same time, I do think colourful, I do think bright. And she's also always that. Always very colourful, always very bright. So it does suit her as well. Sometimes. Nah, most not always. Time. She's always gawky, but not always bright. Sometimes she she has darker hues, a, a more punk edge. Yeah, and some flowers black too. What's more punk than Furiosa? I mean, I remember a time, maybe 20 or so years ago, when certain people in this conversation were punks with their piercings and their spiked hair and their mohawks and their tartan skirts and tartan pants and leather jackets and going to pubs underage and wouldn't Furiosa have totally fit in wouldn't Nina Furiosa have totally fitted in amongst those certain people which we shall not name (laughs) I wonder who they could be the tartan skirts did suit you (laughs) I feel like this conversation is getting really personal right now. It, it has taken a, a, a turn down the, the, the a walk down history street. 
<laughs> don't you think Nina Furiosa would have fitted in? I do, but I don't think Nina Flowers is Nina Furiosa. Which is certainly not Nina Flowers. I, she's nearly always got a 60s vibe, and Flower Power came from then. So I think it. I think it's perfect for her. Her name's not Nina Flower Power. Nina Flowers, Flower Power. It's close. It's close. It's the link. Oh, that's a bit of a stretch. Is it close? That's like saying that McDonald's is real food. Well, Foods ed- if you consider food being something that's edible and not poisonous, I guess it's real food. <laughs> yeah, okay, McDonald's definitely isn't real food. <laughs> exactly! So, flowers is very different from flower power, but she's got that hard edge. So, Furiosa is something that when you hear that, your ears prick up. You think, ooh, who's this bitch? I want to know her. I hear Nina Flowers and I think, oh god. So on that note, All right. after our flowery historical anatomy lesson, I feel like I can award some points here. Three points to Rose and two points plus one bonus point. Draw. So we're three no, on three boo. for our round. No, two. I want to win. Give me the points. <laughs> that conversation left a bad taste in my mouth. All right. Look, I'll give you one extra one, <laughs> but only because you spoke about vaginas so much. Oh, yay. Thanks, Mimi. I give you my heart in return. If you give that to me, I'm chucking it in the bin. I'm very sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. At the end of round two, our contestants are neck and neck on six points each. We'll jump straight into round three. Category is worst makeover. Yolanda, your opening statements, please. Okay. For the worst makeover, I picked this one because I think it was a bit boring and didn't really meet the challenge requirement. And also for a makeover, you would expect makeup. And I just don't think there was enough of that either. The worst makeover was definitely on Gina and Jarrett. Completely understandable. Rose, would you like to provide your opening statement? I have to say, whilst one queen has risked falling under the radar time and time again, this week's family resemblance challenge was the first time they truly stumbled. Even worse than everyone's pronunciations of Ahmadinejad. And maybe, under any other pomp and circumstance, both contestant and makeover recipient would be perceived as stunning. The challenge in this episode was to create a drag family resemblance, and I worry that BB's culturally respectful makeover for On Michelle missed the brief on that most basic, fundamental level. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yolanda, your rebuttal. I don't think that Phoebe had the worst, well, gave the worst makeover. It was still fun and colourful and, you know, very much her. Oh, there's nothing about being yourself in a competition. Rose, do you want to be yourself and shake your rebuttal? Okay, uh, Angina and Jared not only had very similar, pretty much matching outfits on that look like they're from the same family, their hair slash lack thereof looked the same with their little funny headpieces. Their makeup was the same. And despite the thick Vaseline filter over the camera, all of this was played as day. How am I the only person out there that can see that Angina and Jarrett look like they came from the same family? Fucking Rue. <laughs> all right, after all that resentment, uh, I'd like to welcome you guys both to uh, kick each other's ass. You ready? Let's go. All right, all right, all right, all right. Tell me, where was Angina and Jarrett okay. different? Not, I I just think it wasn't, it was boring and it was completely not Angina. You say their makeup was the same. It definitely wasn't. Angina put no effort and, hard, and it looked like hardly any makeup on Jarrett. Jarrett's hair, all she needed to do was slick it back and actually make her look bald, which she didn't do. 
it would have actually just added that little bit more. And as the judges pointed out, that long skirt was pretty horrible. She literally could have just made them both pants and it would have been better. I think sometimes when you're trying to, that she was trying too hard to make them look the same but different, like a man and a woman as opposed to a mother and a daughter. Well, she got confused on the brief. She still met it by looking like they're from the same family, not necessarily the same gender. She, that that she got confused about. But at least none of them had furry tits. What the <laughs> hell was that? There's a, she had a Muppet boob. And where was Michelle's? They would have looked like sisters then if they had had a hairy boob each. But at least with Phoebe and Michelle, she didn't try. She knew that they weren't necessarily, you know, going to look like sisters. You know, obviously for some reason or another. But she wanted to make them look like themselves. Skin colour, you can say it. You don't have to dance around skin colour. One's black and one's white. That wasn't, it wasn't just, just that. Just like Chanel. But also one was quite tall and the other very so, short. That doesn't mean they can't be from the same family. I just think she read the challenge as, as differently, as that it was from their own families, not from the same family. She got it completely wrong. She She's... That's not, that's not her drag daughter. That's her adopted daughter that they've flown across to... Adopted families are families too. That's before the adoption I'm talking about, hunty. That's before <laughs> they get on the plane. That's that's not after that she's been adopted into the family. That's a pre-adoption <laughs> drag daughter right there. She's not going to pick out her adopted she child. She completely missed the brief. The brief was very clear that you were to bring this person into your aesthetic and Bibi said, no, I'm not bringing her into mine. She's not good enough for mine because I'm Bibi Zahara Benet and my shit don't stink. Michelle, you can be from one country and I'll be from another one and we will look like we're complete fucking strangers. Yeah, but at least they did it well. They went out and made With it. hairy tits. They made that work. With a hairy boob popping out. With hairy tits. And Muppet had to die for yeah, that, that boob. That's how they wanted to roll. A moment of silence for all the Muppets we've lost. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that one one little triangle of boob, a Muppet lost. Very hung up on the Muppet boob. Because it was ugly, it was ridiculous. I think, you know, Bibi decided to take the challenge her own way. At least she did it in a way that it was completely different. I just think Conjana was trying to meet the brief and failed miserably. Bibi just threw the brief out and went stuff on what was... I want. And I think that there's more respect in Bibi that. was too different. That's the problem, that they, they were too different. They weren't from the same family. They, they they might have been at the same family reunion, but Michelle was was the friend of the third cousin that you've never met, but you've spoken to once on the phone when you were three years old because your parents thought, oh, it would be cute if you just talk to, get, uh, to each other and be friends, and then you never talk to each other again because their parents can't be bothered calling each other all the time so their three-year-old children can be friends. That's who Michelle is. She's the friend of that cousin. We all have that cousin. We all never call that cousin. So we're not talking to Michelle. Bibi is certainly not calling Michelle up and saying, hey, hey, cousin, let's go out to a party because we're in matching outfits and matching hair. I don't think Angina really would call Jarrett either. I don't think she would want, you know, even if they were in a family, she wouldn't talk to her. It's why she didn't put in as much effort to Jarrett as she did to herself. And I think that there's that showed on the runway. Whereas even though BB she went for a different angle, they at least went out and she put in the effort and made tried to do as best she could with that as her brief, which she obviously chose for herself. And I just think that's why Angina came off worse in at the end. You know, she didn't. It didn't look like she tried 
that sorry, it looked like she tried to meet the brief but didn't just fail. So you're you're telling door. me to put those two together before the the lip sync. You're sitting there watching that program going, Angina needs to go home now. Angina looks the worst. She did the worst job. She deserves to go now. Are you honestly telling me that? No, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't honestly tell you that. I would have thought that it was a tie between Oh, them. okay. They, they both could They both deserve to go to be, like, from that. If there was to be honest, I would say that they both deserved it. Phoebe for not... Well, I mean, I just don't think she understood. At all. To be honest. At all. Um, she completely, all, completely yeah. missed the mark. Whereas Angina or at least was was just off the side of the dartboard. We're, you know, just off... She doesn't get any points, but she's still on the board. <laughs> she still hit the, the, the foam. She didn't hit poor bloody Barry sitting at the bar, who now has to go to hospital because he's got a fucking dart in his head like <laughs> BB's done. She was way off. She wasn't even looking. She was facing the opposite direction. She was facing the fucking pool table going, now where do I throw it? And then threw it at Barry sitting at the fucking bar. (laughs) Poor 72-year-old Barry, who's just recovering from fucking prostate cancer. He's got three lovely grandchildren who are all in primary school and he's so excited to see them grow up now that he's he's come through his cancer. And now he's got a fucking dart in his head because of baby. Good on you, baby. You really are on a, a, a storytelling event tonight. Yes, right? But he's also got a fucking hole in his head. Uh, not only has BB killed a Muppet, but she almost killed an old man. <laughs> Shame on you, BB. At least marry him first. Culturally appropriate, my ass. All right, you two. Anything else to add? Harry took it to the end. All right. After that aggressive performance. Now, look, honestly... I'll agree with both of you. They were both pretty poo, but I can't go past Barry. (laughs) Poor Barry. And I can't go past Muppets. For that reason, Rose, you're at four points. Yolanda, you're on three. Currently the scores are Yolanda on nine points with Rose on ten. Dunkershire. Two more rounds to go. So while you're all hot and bothered, round four category is best make over. Rose, go make your statement, girl. This week saw some disasters. And yet, there was only one queen and her makeover subject who rose above the rest, literally and figuratively. Sauntering down the runway in non-identical but totally thematic outfits, this queen and her new daughter incited not only a Wizard of Oz quote, as well as inspiring a faintly delicious Disney punchline. What cemented their position as the best makeover, however, was the simple fact that they left Xena quaking in her CFM sandals. Nina for the win. Very nice indeed. Yolanda, would you like to make your opening statement, please? I would. I think that this team, who won best makeover in my opinion, is because they worked so well together and they came out on the stage and you could see that they just embodied the challenge and that they'd both taken it on and had given everything, getting the best makeover, that they wanted to win it. And that, for me, was Sweet Pea and Chanel. Very interesting indeed. Rose, shake your rebuttal. There really is only one place you're going to see Chanel and Sweet Pea's outfits, and that is Migalo, 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 <laughs> Brunswick, and a Footscray. Yolanda, would you like to shake your rebuttal? Granted, Nina and Mia did look good together and look like they could be related, but I don't think they had the same partnership that Sweet Pea and Chanel did, so that's why I don't think that they were better. Ooh, and this competition was very much about the partnership. So, you two, 
Get your partnership on. Just smash each other's faces in. Go. <laughs> oh, come off it, Chanel. Her eyes lit up with glee when she saw how timid Sweet Pea was. She's like, oh, this one's not going to bite back. I can push her around. I can force her to do whatever I want. That wasn't a partnership. That was Chanel and her little lapdog. Yes. Way that was Rebecca that was. bossing around, and and you're getting their partnerships mixed up now. That was Rebecca yelling out orders and making her girl work and work and work. I no, I I didn't say she yelled out orders. I said she loved that position of power to have someone to do as they're told. Yeah, and that but that that wasn't a partnership. That was Chanel driving. She was driving, but I don't think she was forceful about it. You know, the whole point was for her to drive. She was giving the makeover. That's the whole point of the challenge. Oh, but your comment yourself, your argument was that they were a true partnership, and I beg to differ there. They were not. They were not. They they were more like me trying to teach Mimi how to host a podcast. I'm still trying to think about one another. <laughs> But hey, I'm only as good as my master. I, I think they made a great team. <laughs> Janelle was a you no. Know, I Barely. think that she that, had someone was, who was, was open to the challenge. That was Chanel Sweepy, dragging. No, Sweepy was open Sweepy. to the challenge, and so she was willing to listen to Chanel and work with her. Because uh, if she didn't want to, she could very easily have said no and snapped Chanel in half. And what was the result? A discarded Francocotso couch. That's what that ended up no. like. Whereas Nina and Mia, they were a partnership. They got along famously. They're both as fierce as each other. And look what happened on the runway. Magic. Literally. We got told a Wizard of Oz quote. And Disney, did Chanel incite that? No, she would have incited Vegas meets no, bloody those dynasty. Those were literally just at Nina. They had nothing to do with Mia. They were just about the, Nina's outfit and her looking The challenge like a, wasn't like about Mia. Queen. The challenge was about bringing Mia. Yes, it was. It was about Bringing Mia over. into Nina's world. To say, this is your drag daughter. This is the one you have influenced and dressed up. Bruce said it first, like he wishes he could dress you all up, but he can't. But now you guys get to dress somebody up. And that's what she did. She brought yeah, someone and... into her family and they looked like sisters. They looked like they could be, you know, sixties version of Hocus Pocus. And maybe they could. Oh look, um, another magical reference. Exactly. Exactly. They could. Where where could Chanel where could Chanel and Sweet Pea maybe be? Maybe they could. I'm not saying they couldn't do that. But Mia, you were saying about how Chanel and Sweepy, like Sweepy was just listening. Mia literally walked like a robot and was as programmable. So Nina was just able to tell her what to do and she just did it. There was no, you know, maybe they looked like a team, but at the same time, Mia was very easy for Nina to work with as well. Yeah, so they were a partnership, which goes against what you were saying. How did that? You just said that doesn't make a partnership. That they work together. Yes, that's that makes it. You just said that. Nina literally was just able to tell her what she to showed do. her and, and, and Mia was able to do it so there was no bossing around there was no I'm going to strap you down to this chair and, and force I you did, to I did not see Chanel boss and then me. even then we get past the makeup job what about that ratty fucking hair the only thing you can do with that hair is exactly that is sweeping the floor I think that <laughs> Chanel made Sweepy like herself she's a fan of the pleather and all that dominatrix style stuff and that's what she dressed them both as and i think it worked so did the and i think it looked like a leopard was fucking a panther and an elephant ran over them that's what it looked those outfits looked like they were squished together there, there was no class to it at all it was gawky it was ugly it was it was 
two dead animals spread eagled across their chests. It was still the best makeover. It doesn't matter what you think it looked like. It worked for them. Well, clearly it does matter what I what I think, because I'm in this fight. I don't see Chanel in this fight fighting for that ugly fucking dress, that, that <laughs> dynasty reject. I, I couldn't even see Joan Collins wiping her snot on that outfit. <laughs> All right, well, after that mic drop, Joan Collins and her snot rag sounds like a Jackie Collins novel. So to all <laughs> I offer Yolanda two points. And Rose... I'm giving you Oh, three. yes. Come on, Team Leather. Man, you might actually team win leather, one. Team Leather, <laughs> Team Leather. As team we head into leather. the final round with the scores now at Yolanda, 11 points, and Rose on 13 points. Yolanda, leather, you're two points leather, behind. Leather, so I'll let you guys both leather, grab a cathedral while we leather, take a short break to hear from our sponsors and supporters. G'day, listeners. Amy here. Us at the Blooming League of Original Podcasts love reading, and while we love reading each other to fill, we also love books. And did you know we have our own bookstore? That's right. Check out thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore to find novels, storybooks, and more. Even that illiterate hack rose-coloured glasses has written a few. That's www.thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore to support our podcast. Welcome back to Drag Race Debates, a kiki with a kick. That was Amali Golden, and I'm your host slash judge for today, Mimi Kaka. And currently the scores are Rose Colour Glasses on 13 points versus Yolanda Nina Pickle on 11 points. With one final round to go, are you ready, fighters? Yep, Houston, got she's got a problem. <laughs> I'm going to rip off your weave and step on it. Yeah! Oh, not my weave. <laughs> All right, excellent. Category is, out of tonight's five contestants, who deserves a ticket to the finale? Me. Are you one of the five contestants? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were in us. Like out of us, sorry, you're now finale. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Keep going. But it's also true. It is. I do. Pull yourself together. Yolanda, what have you got for me? Okay. The person who I think deserves a ticket to the finale is the person I see as the underdog. The probably least experienced but the one who's really tried hard to keep up with everyone else and make the most of the opportunity. And I think Rebecca Glasscock should be in the finale, if anything, just to annoy the absolute heck out of Chanel. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, Rose, who have you chosen? This week, Angina was nowhere near the worst. Her makeover met the challenge brief. Her personality is warm, fun and endearing. Plus, she's won, what, two challenges so far? This category is who deserves a ticket to the finale out of the final five, and quite frankly, Angina's shock elimination should have been a ticket to the finale instead. A fast pass for a cute ass. Vote one, Angina. And what a cute ass. Yes, exactly. And speaking of cute asses, Yolanda, shake your rebuttal. Angina, unfortunately, tripped up at this hurdle. So I don't think that she should go through to the finale because she proved that she did have some weaknesses and that she couldn't win every challenge and be at the top every time. And unfortunately, this time, it meant that she went home. Speaking of going home, Rose, shake your rebuttal. And how many times has Rebecca Glascock been in the, the bottom two? Hmm, two times maybe? And how many times has Angina won? 
Mm-hmm. And not only that, but to say that it would piss Chanel off. To, 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 to give up the place of someone who deserves to be in the finale just to spite Chanel? Girl. Bring back my ding-ding. Oh. Okay. Rebecca is boring just... pedestrian. Bland. What's on China? She's not bland. Yes, she is. She's I don't, Jade 2.0. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. I think she's obviously better than Jade. She's still there. Jade was not. But I think that Rebecca and who's, has who's a sent, subtlety to what sent, she does. Who sent Jade home? Who sent Who sent Jade home? Was it? Was it Angina that sent her home? Or was it, hmm, perhaps the other person in the bottom two that was, hmm, hmm, um, let me see, it starts with R. Is it Reba? No, it's not Reba. Maybe it's Javier. Oh, of course, it would be Rebecca Glasscock in the bottom two. Again! Fancy that, and you think she deserves a, a, a. Keeps winning is a bit of a, she, a bit of a stretch. It will keep beating the person that she's up against is what I meant, not that she wins. That she beats that person, that she's clearly deserves to be there because she can be at the bottom, but she always comes out on top. And you're saying this week she had the best makeover, so deserved to win. No, I didn't. This is not the question. The question is who deserves a ticket to the finale, and I'm saying her because I think that she's the underdog. I don't think there was anything wrong with her makeover. They looked like they could be sisters, mother, daughter, whatever way you want to describe it. I think that she made the person that she had, whose name I cannot remember, look just like her, and that was the challenge. So I think that she Temple. did a perfectly fine job. But you so just said that she come out on top, but I wouldn't say she came out no, on top. No, I was talking because you were saying she comes. You were saying she's always in the bottom. I'm saying when she's in the bottom, she beats the person she's up against. Yeah, and then you said. And she, I think that she... that kind of ability to keep going and to keep beating your opponent is something that you need and in the finale. What about somebody who keeps winning? Don't they deserve to be in the finale a little bit? more than somebody who keeps losing and keeps having ups no, and downs. I don't necessarily think so because I think when you keep winning you put yourself at a point where you should always be winning that they expect so much more from you and that Angina failed in that in this episode. She, so she you had one stumble. Keep up what she has she previously built. She had one built. stumble is what you're saying. That's right and one stumble could be what sent you home. As opposed to Rebecca's two or three stumbles so she's had a, a, a jagged zigzag trajectory. She beat the person she was up against. Whereas Angina's had a smooth trajectory and shown how fierce and fabulous she is. And in one episode where she, quite frankly, doesn't have the worst makeover and doesn't do the worst in lip sync, but still goes home, shockingly... She also didn't do the best makeover or the best lip sync. So when you've made out that someone is the best at at this competition, she should have had the best of at least one of them and she had best of neither of them. She literally, you're saying she had smooth sailing. She hit one star and she sunk whereas at least with Rebecca she's had she's weathered those storms she's able to keep going whether she lives home or not she's still sailing and but she's, she's hitting the sea floor to use your your metaphor she was uh, she no, hit the sea floor she bobbed up to the surface again and she sunk back down again and hit the sea floor again and then she rose up again with a mediocre dress that looked more right, like rise, a car salesman rising to the top. like that wasn't an outfit that was, they were at a local shopping center selling raffle tickets to cars in those dresses that wasn't a winning dress that wasn't a, a deserving of a finale dress by any stretch of the imagination there was no fun or flair in their performance at all She's done nothing 
but create drama and upset along the way. And quite frankly, she doesn't deserve to be in the finale because she's just not as capable as Angina. She's not as mature. She's not as well-spoken or articulate. She's not as experienced. She certainly has not got as much to say as Angina. And we're looking for someone here that is able to carry this crown and basically be the Miss Universe of the reality TV D-grade celebrity set. Actually, I think her dress was exactly Miss Universe worthy. But Rebecca doesn't have the experience. You're exactly right. She doesn't have... I don't necessarily think she hasn't got as much to say. I just don't think she's been able to say it because she, you know, these people that have more to say talk over the top of her and, you know, she lets them because she's the quiet achiever. She doesn't need to be saying everything all the time and talking about how great she is or, you know, being over the top of anyone else. She's been the quiet achiever and I don't think that that means that she shouldn't be in the finale She's still been achieving, whether she's had some falls and stumbles along the way, she's still come out on top when she's had to fight for her life. Angina had fought for her life once and failed at it. She was beaten by someone else. You know, it doesn't matter how good you are up until that moment. That's the moment that you need to shine. And Angina didn't outshine Bibi, whereas Rebecca, in both the times that she's been there, has been able to outshine her opponent and been able to keep progressing through the competition and I think that's something that has strengthened her and has helped it's her. A, it's not hard to outshine Jade when Jade is disappearing into her outfit so there was a default there Rebecca was gonna shine regardless and who was the other one she knocked out I can't even remember now that's how disinteresting that whole lip sync was whereas Angina's one time in the bottom threw Rue into such a loop she had to get up and leave and go and watch it again obviously or consult with the producers or find out what they want her to do or whatever because clearly making that decision was hard on her as it was hard on me watching it and I'm sure it was hard on you guys watching it 2009 suddenly turned really dark I don't think we've had a really shitty year like this in a long while and we won't ever for another hundred years but on China <laughs> should yeah, not I, have and I saw down. how hard it was for her and whether yeah, it, yeah. whatever their choice was whether they spoke to producers or not, they didn't choose Anjana. And because of that, I think she loses that ticket to the finale in terms of deserving it as well, because it showed that, you know, she could be in the finale, but she obviously clearly can't beat BB because in a lip sync battle, because BB won. She just failed at the end. She didn't make it through. And whether it was Rue that made the final and you're saying that they didn't she didn't deserve a spot in the finale based on that one fault. Does that also apply to Ricky Lee Coulter? Or Jennifer Hudson? Absolutely, otherwise they would have won. At the end of the day, these are the moments that define them. And when you're, just like them, considered the best and the front runner in the competition, it puts a high pressure on you. And I think that that is an unfair pressure. It's, it's something, but it is something they build for themselves. And that was something that Angina had put herself, had, had been so good that when it came to that moment where she had to fight for that and, and out, you know, outdo her opponent, she wasn't able to. It was a close one, but she wasn't the winner at the end. And I think that that's, I think that is, that is what takes away your ticket that's to the a, finale. You don't, it's unfair. Uh, everything that's led to that moment. It's an unfair expectation to suggest that they have to be perfect and 
excelled absolutely every challenge. It is an unfair expectation, and but that at the one end of the day, you're gone. the one saying how many challenges you won and how many, how great so you were. So in terms of scorecard... It's an unfair expectation. I don't disagree with that. Well, then in that. terms of scorecard, who has the most wins and who has the most losses? So if you were to balance it out, Angina is still ahead by at least one point because she has two wins but only one loss, whereas Rebecca has zero wins and two losses because she's been in the, the bottom twice. Yeah, and, and that might be the case, but... When they're there in that final moment, Rebecca's come out on top twice. Because she's teacher's pet. That's why. She's teacher's <laughs> pet, clearly. You can see it. It's written. Well, I did say she was the underdog. Yeah, exactly. She's the teacher's pet. So whether or not she's deserving of a spot in the finale is insignificant because Rue loves her, you know, and it doesn't matter how much Rue loves the other ones. She hasn't given them free passes for looking mediocre or pedestrian or boring or bland or just coming out in a store-bought outfit like she did with her, her makeover. Anyone else had done that, they would have been read for it. Rebecca does it all. Yeah, there you go, girlfriend. Yeah, because well done. That, but that's how she is Here's all a ticket the time. To that, that is her look, is to be pedestrian. more natural, not... Yeah, pedestrian, if that's the word you want to use. That's who she is. She looks more but this is RuPaul's like Drag a Race. woman than an over-exaggerated... Give me fierce. Give me... Give me... Glamazon, give me extravagant. But that's your I don't personal want taste. She's more understated than that. If She's I more would... understated than that. She's more naturally beautiful than that too. She doesn't need to hide behind all and that. And does that mean she can't I... amplify her beauty with outfits that are worthy of our eyes? I think that the outfits suit who she is. That's her personality. She doesn't need to Pedestrian, be... as in not oh. a superstar, as in not worthy of a spot in the finale. Thank you very much. I'll be here till Thursday. Try the veal. <laughs> After that shitstorm, Yolanda, I'm giving you three points. Rose, you get two. Oh, but I still win. That's it, folks. The final scores are Yolanda on 14, Rose taking it out at 15 points. I still win. Yes. Ow! These points will be added (laughs) to a running tally, which will culminate in the final series at the end of the season. Congratulations to Rose. And too bad. So sad, Yolanda. Do you know what? I think if there was one I was going to lose, it was probably going to be this one. I'm not going to wish you better luck next time. Because I want to win. Oh, now the debate down. Be sure to follow us on the Twitters at Drag Race Debates, one word, and support us on Patreon with Blooming Theatricals. See the links below. And do our fighters have anything to plug or say before we go? Oh, diddums. Listen to all the other podcasts we have. Yeah, listen, listen to all our other shows and read the Tonneson Tales. That's all from us at the Blooming League of Original Podcasts. Don't forget to check out the rest of our shows. We hope you had fun and remember, it's not all serious. It's just master debating. We'll let Amali Golden take us out. Be sure to check out her music on iTunes, Spotify and more. I've been the spectacular Mimi Kaka. See you next time. Good night. Drag Race Debates is not affiliated in any way with VH1, World of Wonder, or RuPaul's Drag Race. All opinions are just for the sake of it and not to be taken seriously. Get your freak on. Get your freak on.
Get your freak on. Get your freak on. Hey, that's a really cool song.